Hey y'all, this is Allie Spears, your host of the Ag Chicks podcast, where I cultivate connections with the women who are helping feed the world. Lauren is a registered and licensed dietitian with a bachelor's degree in animal science and a master's degree in clinical nutrition. She's the owner of Lauren Tweeg Nutrition, a keynote speaker, bloggy, recipe creator, and the dietitian behind the Instagram page, Nutrition at Its Roots, where she educates on food and farming and strives to make nutrition fun and simple again. Please help me welcome Lauren to this week's episode. Okay, Lauren, so you are from California originally, correct? Yes, Central California. Yes, so we have that in common as well. Um, Where are you from? So I'm from Brentwood. Um, I don't know if you know where that is. Northern California, Brentwood, uh, like an hour and a half east of San Francisco. Um, okay. Yeah. A little bit north of Central Valley, but uh, where at are you from? Nice. In Central Valley, uh, Visalia. Visalia. Yeah, Visalia, California. So just in between Fresno and Bakersfield. Um, so I'm probably, I was probably a good three and a half, four hours south of where you're from. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We're about four and a half, five hours, I guess, from Bakersfield. So yeah, you're nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Small world. Not a lot of people know about that area of California. <laughs> Which is crazy. Yeah. It's like the biggest hub of agriculture products and commodities yeah. in California. Yes. Yeah. Something like two thirds of the produce in the United States comes out of that area of California which yeah. is pretty impressive. Yeah. That's yeah. It's insane. And then you came to Texas as well to go to Texas A&M. Good. Yep. Um, I was, uh, so born and raised in California. Um, I went to a really small school, a really small high school. And a lot of people from my school end up going to like one of two colleges. Um, and so my, my oldest brother was like, I kind of want to try something else. You know, he was really in love with A&M and he went out and loved it. And so that's kind of how I ended up coming out to Texas too. I just wanted to try something different. Um, so I came out, went to AM, was an animal science major there. Um, and then met my husband <laughs> and have been in Dallas kind of since then. Uh, so yeah, I loved AM though. I like miss it so much. <laughs> I know I'm the rare occurrence, I guess, that came and never left in terms of not only Texas, but then also AM because I am still. Uh- in College Station. Um, oh, you live there now? What was that? You live there now? I do, yeah. So I work at the university and then I'm also working on my PhD. So um, oh, yeah. Awesome. But College Station is definitely one of those places that it's, you can't get, can't get out of your system once you. No, no, you can't, you know, they, they, they do have that saying, like from the outside looking in, you can't under, can't understand it. From the inside looking out, you can't explain it. And I totally agree with that. You know, people can think what they want about A and M and College Station, but I, it was the best four years of my life. You know, and my husband, who's also an Aggie, we always are like, should we go back and like get our PhDs or something? You know, go back to College Station. But I'm like, I think it'd be maybe a little different now that we're married and have a kid. And <laughs> I don't know that College Station would be the same, but I do. I love it there. I mean, there's just something about those people and the school spirit and everything about it. I just love it. For sure. Yeah. It's, it is one of those places that is weird when you feel like you're continuing to age, but yet the mass population stays exactly the same. <laughs> it's yes. something that's kind of weird. Yes, that's so true. Yeah. Well, I want to talk a little bit about your background too. So you grew up in Visalia and that's obviously, like we said, a big agriculture hub. Um, were you involved in agriculture growing up? So my family, 
yeah, my family is, is in ag. Um, I was born and raised in ag. So I never did anything like FFA. Like I said, went to a really small, um, high school and for it being such an ag heavy, uh, area of the world, we did not have tons of like ag programs at the time when I was in high school. Now that's changing a little bit. Um, but all of my ag involvement actually came from like working on the dairy with my brothers. Um, and I never really worked on our main dairy, but I did every summer, my dad would send us a hundred calves that we were in charge of like feeding and raising, um, until they were old enough to go back to the large dairy. Uh, and so that's that was kind of my involvement and we would scrub water troughs and we would cut hay and we would sort cows and we would give medicine and we would you know do all this stuff um so that was really most of my involvement my family still works in dairy farming today but then also other other realms of uh food production as well do kind of row crop farming uh we do a lot with tree fruit and tree nuts mm -hmm. as well um so lots of different exposures to where our food comes from and how it's grown and who grows it, uh, but never did anything kind of like formal, like showing or anything like that. So when you decided to pursue animal science at A&M, what was the driver behind wanting to, that, wanting to do that? Oh, I was dead set on going to vet school. I mean, yeah. like I, from the, for, for as long as I can remember, I wanted to be a vet. And I always tell people that's kind of twofold. You know, I'm a huge animal lover. I love animals always have. I was always bringing home like injured birds and lizards and ducks and like things that I would find cats. I always had kittens that I would randomly find out in the trees, you know, and my poor mother always just had to help me nurse these things back to health. You know, like I can't even tell you how many cats we fed with like a syringe and I just loved animals. Um, I've always had horses. I love horses. I wanted to be an equine vet. So there's that passion, inner passion with a love for animals. But I do always tell people that another realm of it, that drive to go to vet school actually did kind of come from the dairy side. Um, and this is why I always am such a big advocate kind of for what I talk about now online is vets are very, very involved on a dairy and they are an incredibly important role. They are incredibly valuable to the entire business. Uh, healthy, happy cows are productive cows, right? And that's something that I always feel like people miss when it comes to um, dairy or large animal production uh, is that farmers do want to keep their cows healthy and happy, right? And so anyway, I just grew up sitting at the dinner table, always listening to my dad talk about, well, we need a vet to come out and do this. Or yeah, we've got our vet check in the morning and we do it every week and you know, all of this stuff. And so I just, I always heard about how valuable the veterinarians were. And I was like, well, I want to do that. Right. Um, I didn't actually want to be a dairy vet, but that I just valued animal health a lot because of what I saw. So that's how I chose animal science. Um, I went to vet camp prior to going to school, like I was very gung-ho um, and I didn't switch my path away from vet school until I was a junior at A&M. Um, oh, wow. So like I was very much, yeah, I, I was very much planning. I mean, I would go home over the summers and I would work at a small animal vet clinic and um, all of that. So yeah, that's how I ended up in the animal science degree. I do have a minor in ag economics as well. Cause I was like, oh, the business side of things, you know, that's nice. 
Um, but it was there when I, when I switched my path away from vet school and kind of ended up getting into the niche that I'm in now, um, which is, is working more as a dietitian, kind of advocating for, uh, food and farming. And was there something that happened that like made you like want to make that switch or what, like what changes vet to registered dietitian and all that kind yeah. of stuff, nutrition? It's a lot. It was actually a lot. Honestly, it was a huge crisis identity for me because I had always, I was always going to be a vet. Like I told everybody, you know, what all growing up, they were like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm going to be a vet, you know? And I like all the way up until I was about 20, I was like, I'm going to be a vet. Um, so it was kind of, it was kind of like a triple whammy. Uh, number one, I remember sitting in my wool judging class at AM. and um, I was a freshman <laughs> with Dr. Ramsey. And, uh, I was like, just the world was my oyster. Right. Um, and I was sitting in, in that wool judging class in those bleachers and, uh, he asked us, you know, who in here all wants to go to vet school. And I think I was in a class of probably at least 200 students. And I would say 95% of us raised our hands because we were all animal science majors. Um, and I remember him looking and saying, okay, like realistically, five of you will get it. And I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I need to have a backup plan. That's kind of where it started. Okay. A backup plan. Um, then I kind of just started to think practically, you know, what would life as a vet look like? Um, and, and I think, I do think that my passion maybe changed a little bit from away from that as I kind of started thinking practically about working as a vet and what I wanted my life to look like. And anyway, um, and then finally, I, my college roommates who I love and adore, um, but they gave me a taste like firsthand in my own home of how people view their food and like where it comes from. And I've always loved nutrition. Uh, I was an athlete. I mean, athlete, I played high school sports. Uh, I played soccer at a &M on their club team loved sports, loved fueling my body well. So I've always been passionate about that, loved the science. Um, but I got into a house with these these three girls um, who are still friends of mine now. And there were just like so many conversations that we had about like where our food comes from. You know, I would tell them, yeah, dad's a farmer. And they would start asking me these questions about pesticides. They would start asking me these questions about how the cows are milked. They would start, start asking me these questions about what's in the milk, right? And um, how does the milk get from point A to point B? And I found myself like constantly myth busting with them is really how it went. Um, correcting a lot of misperceptions and misinformation that they had gleaned from the internet, that they had gleaned from other people who also had no exposure to the ag industry. Um, and that's, that's where I landed is, wow, a lot of people do not know where their food comes from. Like I grew up having these conversations at my dinner table. And a lot of people have never once seen an orchard, right? They've never seen uh, cows. Right. Um, and so that's how I kind of, that made the switch. I kind of started to ask myself, okay, how can I make people care? Like, how do I make people care about getting the right information about how their food is grown and, uh, why their food is grown a certain way and why people use certain methods to get, you know, food from point A to point B. Um, and I was like, well, every single person is connected to the farm through their food. Right. 
their nutrition, right? Um, And people are worried about it. People have these questions because they want to know if something them. And so that was how I ultimately switched into nutrition. I went on and I got a master's degree in clinical nutrition uh, to work as an RD. And all the questions kind of even followed me through that schooling. Uh, just And the, the reality is, is that what these misperceptions result in is fear. A lot of them result in fear. Uh, and my goal was always to kind of directly combat that if I could. And so um, that's how I ended up where I am. And that's how I ended up like starting this Instagram page on the side for fun. You know, I had a nine to five. I was working as a health promotion specialist doing like benefits education. And I was like, well, I gotta, I gotta kind of get back to my root. Like why I wanted, why I wanted to do this in the first place. Like, it's not because I wanted to talk to people. I mean, I think nutrition and whatnot is important, but it's not because I wanted to always talk to people about carbs, fat, and protein. Like, I think that's great, but I wanted to get back to like, where does your food come from? Um, and so I started my Instagram page on the side and now that's what I do full time. Okay. Yeah. That was going to be kind of my next question as far as, you know, has that transition happened to full time? So that's fantastic. And I can kind of relate to you in the fact that, excuse me, started the journey because I wanted to get back to my roots and I had felt that disconnect of not being involved day to day in agriculture anymore, but still feeling like we're not doing enough for people to understand where their food's coming from. Um, right. So yeah. So fantastic. Love that. Uh, well, so too. we got to stick together. <laughs> I know. And I think we, so when did you graduate from A&M? 2017. 2017. Okay. Yeah. So you're only a year ahead of me. So that how oh. we did cross paths, I don't know. We probably had, we probably had a few classes together, honestly, probably um, at some point. Yeah, I was, um, I was at business, but I spent a lot of time in Clayburg and with animal science people. So, <laughs> well, and like I said, I had an ag ec yeah. trainer, so I feel like we probably at least had some of those classes maybe together. Um, we just didn't know it. <laughs> I know that's so funny. It, the world is such a strange place. <laughs> it is strange. Yeah. It's, it's actually surprisingly small, very small. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, to answer your question. So I do, I do it full time. Uh, you know, I just had a baby. I'd say just had a baby. He just turned one. Um, so really what happened with my, with my page, um, I always kind of thought I would do it on the side and, uh, then COVID happened Mm -hmm. and got sent home from work. Um, and my work really, really slowed down because my like nine to five at the time, really required an in-person job because of restrictions we couldn't be there and so we just didn't have a full docket and um which was it ended up being a huge blessing for me right um but I I was able to kind of just make some of these posts on the side I kind of started it I, I started a milk myths series which was my first um really big series I guess I think I did like 20 milk myths back when I first started my page, like back in 2019. Um, and then it got just kind of started to, to grow from there. And, uh, I kind of started getting some brands like, Hey, you know, we'd love for you to do a recipe with yogurt and talk about why yogurt is good for you. Uh, whatever. I want you to talk about where strawberries come from. Um, and which has been amazing. Like that's just always been my goal is just connect people. And all well, we have access to, and what most people have access to is the phone. Right. And, um, I think social media is such an amazing platform. It's both amazingly beautiful and such a weight, right? Um, I'm sure you feel like that. But 
it's, it's a, it's a free resource for people to come to and learn from, and you have to have enough people on there sharing evidence-based recommendations and experience, like experienced recommendations, right? Because there are too many people who are giving out information and they themselves don't know. And I'm not saying that I'm an expert on everything, but I do know where I grew up. I knew what I, I know what I grew, grew up seeing. Um, and I can share about that experience in a factual way. And not a lot of people get an opportunity to connect in that way. So I, I think social media, it's got, it's got its dark sides, but it has a lot of, a lot of, you know, bright things about it too. Right. And I, I think it's just, it's such a powerful platform, right? I mean, if you think about it, that is quite literally search engines for most people now. Like they got a question, they're going to social media. Yeah. I saw a poll. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll speak on this topic, actually, like developing social media strategy or why it's important to be in the social space. 80% of Instagram users admit to using Instagram to research a product or topic. 80%. Yeah. By ranchers for ranchers, together let's make ranching easier. Previously known as Cattle Back Box, Strayhorn has rebranded to better match their ability to push the envelope in creating innovative animal management products to serve the ranching community. Strayhorn is rooted in tradition and ranching legacy, but they believe in the opportunity of looking at things with a new perspective to drive the industry forward. Check out all of the things that Strayhorn has to offer you and your herd. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I know. I think I just read that. Actually, I think I just used that stat in a project. Yeah. Something, but yeah. That's pretty astounding. Yeah. And then there was, I know another statistic and I'm going to mess it up. I think it was 75% or something like that of the people surveyed, obviously. Um, But 75% have admitted to buying a product because of an influencer that they saw online, which is insane to me because when you think about the potential for misinformation, especially surrounding food and agriculture, and 75% of people are basing their purchasing habits based off that, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, like, terrifying wrong that's scary like (laughs) I mean there's no one there's no one fact checking you Mm -mm. and now other accounts are in charge of being the fact checkers which I'm so thankful for like there's a few accounts that I follow that I just think do a fantastic job of myth busting people yeah I almost you know people get mad like oh that's so combative but I'm like it has to be because it it can be harmful it really can be harmful um And I think influencers almost don't realize the power that they hold. Um, And if they do, they don't, they don't care. Right. Um, And that sounds really negative. I I think part of it is they just don't know. Right. Uh, And so what they they're sharing isn't, isn't that bad. Right. But if you get on there and you start talking all this stuff about pesticides, I don't know, just for example, and then all of a sudden you've got all these people so scared of pesticides but they can't afford things that you said that are pesticide free, which actually probably aren't even pesticide free. 
and they can't afford it. So then they just stop buying it. And then the nutrition of their family suffers. And it's like this whole, you know, string of events that, that comes from just one story, uh, from someone. So uh, no, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy how quickly messaging can take off online. For sure. Yeah. And for you, have you found, because I feel like you're kind of in that unique space of you're talking about agriculture, but you're doing it in a way that is honestly more personal, I think, because you're talking about the food aspect of agriculture, um, which obviously down at the, down at the roots, that's what it is. Um, but how have you found, like, are people receptive to that information? Have you found a lot of negative feedback? What has kind of been your social journey? It's a mix. It's a mix. Um, it's a mix, you know, I, I don't want to say that it's all negative. Um, cause it certainly is not like, I have plenty of people who follow me that have sent me messages, you know, because of you, like I re-added dairy into my diet. I had completely omitted it, even though I love it. It's just, I read everywhere that basically everybody can't have dairy. Right. Um, and I very much shape it in a different way. Um, or people are like, I wasn't buying enough food because I, I felt like you could only buy organic and I could only buy grass fed. And, you know, my, it's difficult for me because I never want to come on and be against any farmers. Right. Um, I never want to take an anti-organic approach. I don't feel like that. My own family works in organic farming. So I don't, I don't feel that on a, on a personal level at all. Um, but I do think it's incredibly important to know that both options are safe, that both are nutritious, that both can be good options for your family. And that it really truly is the one that you prefer the farming method you want to support and the one that you can afford. Right. And, um, a lot of people are very receptive to that messaging. And I think they find it refreshing because what I have seen is we have gotten so far down the path of like, this food is bad and this food is bad and this food is bad and these ingredients are bad and, you know, but they're not bad if they're in a supplement, because if they're in a supplement, then it's safe. No supplements like hardly are, are not near as regulated as your food is. Um, Anyway, and so we've gotten like so far down this path that there's so many people that feel that there's nothing they can eat, that they have to be scared of essentially everything. And the only option they have is to pay pay $300 a month on supplements of of single nutrients where you could be getting this like very complex food matrix coming in from your food. Um, And that'll be a whole lot more beneficial for your body. And so I do find that people are receptive to that, but there are always the people that adamantly disagree with you. Um, and what I've learned along my journey, uh, which is still starting, you know, like by no means am I an expert, uh, by no means, like I get imposter syndrome on the daily, right. Where I'm like, what am I even doing here? I have, I have no business being online. Um, but I, I, I have encountered plenty of people who feel very adamantly about what they believe and what I have learned in my journey is that you are not going to change everybody's opinion. Your goal is not to change everyone's opinion. It has to be to get the information out, right? And give other people an opportunity to hear a different perspective, to um, hear about a different experience, right? And to see science presented in a different way, um, to learn that it's not an all or nothing diet. Like I there's going to be people who disagree with that. And that's fine. Your goal is not to change those people. It's to speak to the masses. And that's kind of where I've, I've settled in my last four years of, of working online. But 
people can be mean. Instagram and social media can be a hard, I'm sure you've experienced it. I mean, it can be tough and people feel very passionate about their food. Very passionate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're spot on in terms of there's certain people you're just not going to change their mind, not going to change their opinion, but for the masses and, uh, you know, trying to get accurate information out there, you have to, you have to have an approach to that. So, um, whatever approach I I guess. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but saying, I always say when people ask me, you know, why do you even do it? I, my answer is always, I actually don't even really care what you eat. I don't care what you buy. I don't care what you eat. I care about why you eat what you eat and why you buy what you buy. Because if it's based on misinformation, if it's based on a scare tactic, if it's scare tactic, if it's based off fear, because you read a certain Instagram post that made you feel like eggs, like if you look at an egg, you will die. Like that's, that's gotta be the goal of working online is not, not necessarily the, the result. It's, it's the reason, right? And when you get at people's reasons, that gives them an opportunity to choose their own results and that they don't get pushed into it by fear. I feel like as a, um, especially for people who work kind of in the arena that we work in, that has to be your reason. It's not, it's not going to be that you're going to get everybody to buy, um, meat. It's not that you're going to get everybody to drink. It's not that you're going to get everybody to love your dad. Who's a farmer or like whatever, because there's going to be people who won't, but I want to at least give them the opportunity to hear a different perspective and pick their own choice. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, that is the kind of the same phrase I operate under is I don't really care what you eat. As long as you're eating, first of all, please be eating (laughs) and, um, making making decisions based on facts and not fear. Um, and I mean, we live in a place where there's so many choices, so you can truly do whatever you want to do. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Um, and to some it's very, that's very overwhelming, right? But you got to view it as an opportunity that you really get to pick and choose exactly what you There's not very many um, people. There's not very many countries that get to do that. And so I just think it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a really great opportunity and you have to have, you have to have the facts so that you can make the best decision for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Lauren, uh, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with me today. I really appreciate it. As we kind of wrap up real quick, my last kind of question is if you have any advice uh, for somebody maybe a little bit younger who's maybe wanting to go to the into the nutrition side of things mm. um, with that strong passion for agriculture, do you have any advice for somebody kind of wanting to go that route? Oh, goodness. I, I, I honestly think I would probably a few things. Number one, if your goal is to get into this realm, um, especially if you want to get into this realm by working online. Your only barrier is yourself. Um, it's not going to be perfect. Your strategies might change. Your approaches might change. Your opinions might change. You know, you are continuing to evolve as well. And just embrace that. Like, know that it doesn't have to be perfect. Like I said, I was dead set on going to vet school. Right. And I, I didn't switch into nutrition until I was 20. And then my little sister started my Instagram page for me because I didn't know how, okay? If I can do it, anybody can do it. But your biggest barrier really is truly yourself. Um, And I had to have, I was at an internship with the National Dairy Council and I met with their marketing team 
and I was sitting down with the VP of marketing and she um, was like, just start the page. Just nobody cares, you know? And uh, so that, that would be one, one tip of encouragement I have is just be confident. Uh, you know, your message, you know, your story that you want to share. And um, people might, people might be like, what the heck is that person doing? Right. But it, it's, it, it, it only matters what you think about it. Right. And if you feel that it's important, then you got to stick with it. Um, and then just to reiterate what I had mentioned earlier, like your goal can't be to win. Your goal can't be to prove people wrong. Uh, your goal can't be to always be right because you won't be. Uh, your goal needs to be to give people a different perspective and to give people another thought process um, and something new to consider so that they can make the best decision for themselves. And it might not be... <clears throat> It might not be what you choose. Um, I can't tell you, I'm not vegan. I can't tell you how many vegan followers I have online. And that's cool. It's amazing how we can all coexist. And I'm great uh, because I don't, my goal is not to change their dietary pattern. If that's what works for them, I'm going to still put out my information, give them a new perspective. Um, if they want to do it, cool. If they don't, awesome. It's none of my business, right? Um, so I just think your your goal needs to always be that. It's not about winning and proving people wrong constantly. It's about putting out evidence-based guidelines and evidence-based advice um, and a new perspective from your experience. Absolutely. No, I think that's fantastic advice. And uh, I think, you know, that goes back to the whole concept of, you know, having a good understanding of why you're doing things too. And so uh, you got to have a reason if you're going to do it and do it well. So I think that is great advice. So if anybody is wanting to reach out to you or connect, what is a good way for them to do that? Yeah, best way to reach out to me is honestly on Instagram. I run my page. I respond to all my messages. Um, it's just me. So uh, nutrition at its roots. And um, I'm always happy to answer any questions. I love to be a resource. Uh, I've had tons of people who have helped me along the way by just being transparent. Uh, so if anybody has questions for me, I am like more than happy to connect uh, or just come follow along and learn a little bit more about where your food comes from. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Lauren. I really appreciate uh, getting to chat with you finally. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Ag Chicks. Don't forget to follow along on social media at Ag Chicks for more agricultural related content and also be sure to check out your favorite podcast here from www.agchicks.net. We'll see you next time.